0: You're listening to the Party in My Plants podcast. And this episode's kind of a piggyback to last episode, in that, this too is about using fitness in ways that go well beyond the fitness. Welcome to the Party in My Plants podcast, where I make healthy living as fun as a party so you'll, you know, actually want to do it and then actually feel, look, and live your best. I'm your host, Talia Pollock. Now let's get this party started. Today's episode is all about the power of plants, and I can think of no better sponsor for this show than a company who makes consuming more plants more easy. Amazing Grass, point blank. I love amazing grasses, amazing grasses, which if you listen to this podcast or take a peek at my Instagram, you surely know by now. Their green superfood powders are an insanely tasty blend of nutritious greens, phytonutrient-packed fruits, veggies, grasses, digestive enzymes, and probiotics that I can't and don't want to live without. Don't make me live without it. I'm personally an enormous fan of their watermelon energy flavor, which I drink practically every morning, but they've got a massive assortment of grassy products to check out and fall in love with. They even have a kid's superfood, chocolate flavored, which I wish my mommy fed me when I was a kid instead of that Ovaltine crap. Anyway, to make Amazing Grass even more amazing, if that's possible, they're offering Party in My Plants podcast listeners 40% off. Yes, 40, almost 50% off all of your Amazing Grass orders if you go to their website, amazinggrass.com, and use the coupon code PLANTSPARTY40 at checkout. That's PLANTSPARTY40 at checkout on amazinggrass.com. And all that info is linked in the show notes at partyinmyplants.com slash 120. My guest today is like the fitness industry's OG OG, blazing fiery hot trails in the fitness space for well over two decades and impacting the lives and bodies of tens of thousands of humans worldwide. Patricia Moreno grew up with her fair share, and really an extra share, of weight struggles, and she found fitness to be the greatest catalyst of change. She quickly rose to the top of the world, hey, and dominated the fitness scene, only to find herself in a deeper struggle with her body image than ever before. Thanks to many epiphanies and the patience to take a long and winding road, Patricia found herself in a new world, the world of spiritual fitness. She created her signature workout called Intensati, which is a groundbreaking way to sweat that combines high-energy cardio, mindfulness, meditation, and the power of yelling out positive things, which has proven time and time again to legit bring out participants in her badass best selves. Speaking of Patricia, yelling out positive things. That's what most of this conversation is. And I triple down dog dare you not to be lit up after hearing our chat. Patricia, thank you so much for coming on the podcast.
1: Oh, I'm super excited to be here. Thank you.
0: Man, you are the OG here. You joined the fitness industry, what, like 20 years ago?
1: Oh, my gosh. I started teaching when I was in high school. I was 16. Um oh my God. That was a long time ago. It was 20, I don't even know, 30 years ago. Wow. We're talking O-O-G. Is there an O-O-G? You're We're talking the O-O-G. O-O-G.
0: The double O-G. <laughs> <laughs> what was the fitness industry even like that long ago? I mean, like what led you at age 16 to want to be in fitness?
1: Well, it was really interesting because um, I'm one of 11 kids. You know, oh I God. always start with that because that's, it's, that's the kids. scene of my what? crazy household. But eight girls, three boys, and I'm number nine. So I'm the ninth child. And, you know, my mom and all the women in her time really believed that as women, our social currency was our looks. Mm-hmm. And she lived by that. God bless her. And so many people do. And she passed that on. And when I was eight years old, she was worried about me being too big and put me uh, on the scale. And when she put me on the scale, there was a look in her eye of panic, of fear. Mm. I always say that was like the time the spell went over me Mm -hmm. of like, Oh my gosh, something's wrong with me. I'm not enough as I am. Like, it was fear. Like, something's wrong. This is bad. Yeah, this is bad. And then took me to diet doctors and weight watchers and diet things after another, you know, I'm eight years old and I'm already on this train and I just got heavier and heavier. And at one point she even took me to this diet doctor that she was going to that would inject cow's urine into your bloodstream because at that time they thought it was a thing that would make your metabolism faster. It's so crazy. And it just kind of gives you a look into the mentality of that time. And I felt really ashamed of my body and really scared that I wasn't lovable unless I looked a certain way. And I got heavier and heavier. I started gaining weight, not losing weight, even with all of the extreme methods. And I got to 212 pounds. And that was by the time I was like 12.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: Yeah, so it was just like a, a head start in the mindset of craziness. And I had an older sister who was dating this guy, so funny dating this guy who for Christmas gave her a Jane Fonda workout book. Uh-huh. And all of the sisters would go in the living room and follow the book and do like leg lifts in the living room. Uh-huh. And it kind of was my first entry into like, ah, this kind of is. You know, obviously, these are not my words, but it was kind of like something we did together. It was fun. Mm. And then my sister took me to a jazzercise class. This must have been when I was 16. This was like my magic moment. And I'd always wanted to be a dancer. And I, of course, already was like, dancers are and there's just no chance in hell this can ever be your career. And I never had a dance class in my life because my mom was too busy. There's no way she was going to be taking us to dance classes. So it was all like this big pipe dream. And when I walked into a jazzercise class, it was literally the skies open hallelujah moment where I was like, Oh my God, people do this. Like this is a thing. Uh Like I could not only like dance and move and I was good at it. It just like hit the spot. Wow! It hit the spot. And it was really interesting because I didn't have You know, I was—I don't know if I would call it shy. I didn't have a voice; like I couldn't speak. I just had no way of communicating, and that felt like such an empowering thing that I could do. And I started teaching literally when I was sixteen. And at the time, this is what people were doing because there was no industry. There literally was no industry. There were health clubs. There were like two, like Jane Fonda in her Jane Fonda studio, and a handful of people were actually in the industry. And I was like, well, I want to do this. And I think I want to do this the rest of my life. But there were no, it's not like, oh, I'm going to have this career in fitness because this is is what people do and this is what's possible in fitness. It was empty space.
0: I'm shocked to hear that. I didn't know that there was no industry. Like, so what did people do when they, like, for exercise?
1: Well, it was like there was a health club. It was in Silicon Valley where I grew up. And you know, I worked out at this health club. There were health clubs. And
0: but you would just, like, do your own thing.
1: It was do your own thing. And the class thing, that was the booming. That was the right. big opening of the door, right? Wow. It was that Jane Fonda. It's perfect timing time, And that was the – it was. And it was, like, the movies coming out, all the, like, uh-huh. the fitness movies and flash dance and, you know, oh, all of those wow. things that really made – made this time super exciting. And, but the thing was, there was no like certifications. There were no real training programs. We literally memorized Jane Fonda book and started teaching. (laughs) That's amazing. I started practicing like YMCA in my living room. And that's what I did. And I was just like, I'll have my moment. I'll have my moment. And my sister was already teaching and she couldn't show up one day, but literally, I had been dancing in my living room to my imaginary millions of people, and oh. so when she said, "I can't go," will you cover? I was like, "Yes, yes, yes," and it was at one of the universities, Santa Clara University, class that she was teaching. So I got to go, and and that was like my first moment. I cried because I thought it was awful after my first class, but it was kind of the breakthrough moment and. I just started teaching after that. And it was literally just making up whatever I wanted, like going to other classes and kind of just, that was it. You just make it up as you go along. And it was really interesting. Um, You know, they did some trainings and things, but there was really nothing about physiology or exercise physiology, anything. It was more just like, okay, let's see what we can do.
0: And what happened with your weight, like in your health and your happiness and your self-confidence during this period? I mean, it sounds like before your mom was just taking you to all these dietitians and stuff and, and focusing really on the food. But now that you had movement in your life, like how did that change things?
1: Well, I felt very empowered. You know, I started losing weight. My body started to look good. I became a cheerleader and everybody's like applauding me. And I just was good at the beginning. I had so much passion and enthusiasm. I literally thought I was flash dance, and (laughs) you know, just like brought out everything in me. And I loved the attention and I loved being in front. And it was just like the perfect storm of things for my personality and what I needed at that time. And I really became... Very popular, very fast, and I'm just like naturally strong, but the problem was is I was losing weight and I was getting more fit, but I had no there was no like evolution in my relationship to myself really, or my food intake or how I treated myself, so I kind of started to go to the other extreme, and i over i don't know a couple of years, I became bulimic, I became over exerciser, so i was teaching like five classes a day, skipping my college classes, like everything just went over the top because for me, what was kind of blossoming was still that seed that was planted that my physical appearance currency, right? That never got uprooted. So I continued in this fitness world and here I am, quote unquote, winning at it basically. Right now I'm winning at it because I have this massive transformation. I, my classes are packed. I'm like one of the fittest females in Silicon Valley. And I moved to New York city and I start to like pack the classes in New York city. Nike sponsored by Reebok became a national fitness champion in aerobics championships and cover of magazines. Everything was like Full on sounds
0: like the dream, great success, perfection sounds like
1: the dream, right? And you know, my weight is still going up and down, up and down, up and down because I'm not doing anything that's sustainable. So, I'm not only now teaching five classes a day, literally, like high impact classes a day. I'm running, I'm weightlifting, but my entire day revolves around how much exercise I can get in with a couple of naps in between. And it's just out of control. And I'm binging and I'm purging and I'm depressed because now I'm scared that someone's going to find out about what I'm really doing. And here I am, the preacher of fitness, health and fitness, and swearing that exercise changes your life. Great body, great life. You have a great body. You'll have a great life. Like these are the mantras yeah. of the day. And I was the head of the industry that was selling it. Like I was literally at the forefront of the industry that's preaching, you know, get a better body, you get a better life. And I'm failing in the background because, okay, my body's getting better. It's it's obviously never good enough in my mind, even though at my competition weight, I'm like ripped, ripped and quote unquote, perfect. And I'm miserable because I know it's not sustainable. And I know what I had to do to get there. I can't continue to keep doing. So now I'm freaked out and embarrassed because my weight's going up and down. And I finally decide that, okay, I'm going to do the next job that I really wanted to do. As get this television show that I was offered. I thought, okay, this is it. And I'm still into the dream of like success leads to like there's going to be a flip of a switch when I get successful enough, right? When I get yeah, thin enough, totally. there's going to be there must be some flip of a Once switch. Once you get there inside, it's all, yeah. that at some point I go, oh, I've made it. Okay, losing 75 pounds was not enough. Okay, maybe it's that I need to be more famous or mm-hmm. whatever. And so I get this job and it was a morning TV show. It was a daily morning TV show. It was a half an hour workout show. That was the beginning of kind of a morning talk show that was hosted by Tom Bergeron and Lori Galman. And I was besides myself, like I was sure this was it. This was it like TV. I
0: mean, it's my dream to have a TV show. So I feel it. I'm with you. That would be it. I see that.
1: Right? Wouldn't it be? And so it's going great. I'm getting fan mail every day. People can't believe how good I am on TV because I've never done TV. Like, really hot, full on praise in every single way. And I'm still a mess behind the scenes, but in front of the camera, I'm great. And about a year into the show, I get a call from the executive producer, and he asked me to come for a meeting in his office. And my heart is just, I'm literally like, I want to run out of the building. I feel like my heart is going to pump out of my chest and I'm about to cry and I know what's coming. And I like walking down the hallway to the office, like I'm walking to an execution. I literally wanted to just disappear and never be seen again. I was just sweating and at my wits ends and I sit down and he just, I, you know, I don't, need, I can't tell you exactly what he said because I you blacked out, like totally blacked out. Yeah, but he made reference to my weight, and he said, "What's going on?" Basically, because I got the job, short shorts, you know, ripped abs, but now I've gained twenty pounds, and he's noticing, and mm. so is the rest of the world because it's national TV. It's not even just local TV, and I don't know what he says, but I leave there, and I am. Um, I want to literally commit suicide because I just feel like everybody in the whole world just saw what happened.
0: Yes. Yeah, is their worst nightmare. This is everyone's worst nightmare. It's like your own insecurities so can you a broadcast to the national people and they're commenting and talking about your biggest insecurity and fear. I mean, I can't, this is like what a lot of people do with on a daily basis, but like to the full on extreme
1: to the full on extreme yeah. where I was like, ah, yeah. oh, what am I going to do? I could just go back into my little life and not want so much and just like be a teacher that packs classes and, and where everybody loves this doesn't matter. And, or I don't know what to do. And I got it. You know, am I going to get back on the diet and exercise treadmill? I just was in a panic and I found myself in a taxi in New York city. Cause I lived in New York city. I live in New Jersey now, but Then I lived in New York City and it was a Sunday night and I left my apartment late at night and I put a little hoodie on because for sure, New York City's not that big. I knew a lot of people. And I decided to get in a taxi and I go down to this part of town. It wasn't the first time I'd been there, but this particular night was very vivid. And so I go down and I get to this apartment building and knock on the door and this guy answers the door and I hand him some money and he gives me a little envelope of white powder, which was my new diet aid. It was crystal meth. Oh. And that was where I was going. That was to yeah. just annihilate my hunger. It wasn't a, I mean, I have used it. I'd used it often. Like I never drank because of the calories, yeah. right? I would never drink because of the calories, but, but drugs that, you know, will give me some energy and not make me eat for a few days. Hell yeah. And so I was in my apartment and I had the drugs and I put it in my drawer and I lied in my bed and I just was crying. And I just thought this for who, for what, like, I'm going to be a drug addict. I know the problems with this drug. Like it is one of the most lethal and yeah addictive drugs there is. It really, truly is. It's such a scary drug. and. I was just at, at like the fork in the road. And I thought, is this it? Like, really, I'm not a drug addict. I know I'm not a drug addict. I know I'm meant for more. I know this is not my destiny. And I know if I go this way, it's over. What am I buying into? Why, why am I really going to just continue this? It's already been 20 years. Wow. Like I, I 15. No, not even. It's been that's at okay. that point. It was like 12 Felt like years. In 12 years.
0: <laughs> okay. That's a lot. 12 years.
1: Yeah. It was like my whole, whole life. Yeah. Right. It was everything. And I just thought, uh, I literally prayed and I just said, what do I do? And I had this kind of moment. Yeah. I'm on of, the edge of my
0: seat right now. <laughs> what did you do?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I had this. Like I call it a moment of grace, yeah, right? A moment of grace where I literally like on my knees praying for an answer. And one of the things that came to me was like, you're not the only one. Mm
0: -hmm. You're not the only
1: one. And I just thought, I know the statistics, 5% of people, 5%, one-tenth of 1% of people that go on a diet Mm -hmm. actually lose weight and keep it off. It just doesn't work. Like nobody succeeds at this. Nobody. And I thought, I'm not dumb. I don't lack willpower. Damn, I'm like one of the fittest people in the nation. Like who can work out more hours than me in a day? Really not too many people. That I know. Who can diet better than me? I've been dieting since I'm eight freaking years old. You're going to tell me I'm not a master at this shit? And I just was like... It's not my fault. It's not my fault. The recipe is broken. And it was like this moment of like freedom and compassion for humanness that it wasn't that I was bad and it broke the shame bubble. It broke the spell that this was like a breaking of a spell, an awakening where I just thought, oh my God it's not me. It's not me. And that was my turning point. And that was when I realized it's not whether I go back and just do what I was doing because that I finally got it. I finally got it. It doesn't work. That does not work. There is something missing here. And it was a moment that I just said, I'm going to be someone who will figure out the answer to this. I will be the one who will figure this out. I now will devote every fiber of my being and my entire life to finding out what the answer is and why we're under this spell that we believe that our own currency is based just on our body. And I had no answers, but at least I had an opening where I just thought, this is my life's work. This is my life. Before I was preaching the Mm -hmm. fat phobia, you Mm -hmm. know, I had fat phobia. Everybody has fat phobia. Like the fat phobia is, you know, if you don't think you have fat phobia, look at what happens when you gain five pounds, where do you go? Like how freaking crazy do you get? If your jeans get tight or the scale goes up, how much does it ruin your day? Your relationships, where does that spiral take you? You want to know if you have fat phobia, we've got it. Trust me. Where do you think that comes from? In order for anybody to sell us something, they've got to make us feel like we need it. Mm-hmm. So if it's a diet, they've got to tell you how awful it is to be fat, that nobody mm-hmm. will love you, that you're not good enough, that you better be beautiful, that you better have no cellulite on your legs, or you better not show up in a bikini in the summer with bulges showing, or you better like, or that it's unhealthy. There's also this lie yeah. that we're told that health looks a certain size, right. that if you're a big size, Healthy. So, whether you're wanting to be skinny or quote unquote healthy, they're selling us this lie that only a certain body looks good, that you, this is good, that if you're not beautiful, that you don't have what it takes to have a life that's worth living. Like, this is what we're sold as women, really, from the day that we watch Barbie and princesses and things on TV. If you start noticing now how much the sales pitch in all of the things, around beauty, around health, around weight loss is Mm. fear-mongering, fear-mongering, the phobia of being fat, of having wrinkles, of aging, of having cellulite, of not fitting into the right size, of showing up in the summer in an ugly body. Look at the magazines, best bodies, worst bodies. Mm -hmm. Like, can you imagine they put somebody like, who's an actress we love? Julia Roberts, let's say, Uh right? Who doesn't love Julia Roberts, right? So she gives her heart. She does this great work. She does beautiful movies. She's amazing. She's beautiful. And then on like tabloid magazines, showing her in a bikini Mm -hmm. and saying, oh my gosh, worst body ever. Can you imagine the trauma, not just for her, but all of us looking at it and we see this woman successful and they're only focusing on cellulite on her thighs like that's it's, terrorizing it's, it's think of it as a woman yeah it's it's terrorizing it's, it's terrorizing because then we walk around and we think oh my gosh well i'm not julia roberts or whoever famous person that we idolize and now they're taking her down for getting older or not looking perfect and this is what we're fed this is what we're bought into this is what our culture and our society and These are not things we're born with. We're not born with body shame. We're not born with fat phobia. We're not born with thinking we are unworthy. This is messaging that is fed to us constantly because people want to make money. Exactly. If we can get that, that will help you wake out of a spell. I think you got to get a little pissed off and really get what's happening because otherwise you keep buying into the messaging and the the mess that keeps fostering all of this fat phobic mentality, this spell of unworthiness, it is awful. And this has to stop. And it can only stop if we wake up and really realize what we're doing to ourselves by believing and buying into all of this. So after that moment, I really decided there's just no way I am going to continue to sell what I used to sell and preach what I used to preach because I think it's life-threatening.
0: Yeah. I mean, you can't unsee what you had seen in that moment. You can't go back in and put blinders on and just go back to your great body, great life motto once you had that awakening. No. And and I'm just thinking about you at the top of your game, this like famous TV instructor. And it's not even sustainable for you like this dream body that is on magazines you couldn't even keep it or get it like you went to such extreme measures and so beyond the fact that it's bullshit that that's what you need to be happy and that's what health is and all that like to get it it's not even doable like it's just it's It's a mess so what did you do what did you do
1: So I thought, okay, I have to find an answer. I didn't know what the answer was. At the time, my thought was, how do we lose weight and keep it off? So I was still in that mindset, right? Because this was 15 years ago. Right. And my line was, not how do we lose weight and keep it off? How how do we create sustainable change in our lives? And I started studying with, uh, um, I studied with so many people, but I took about two years. I read every book I could get on, positive psychology, positive psychology wasn't even popular then, but metaphysics and mindfulness and meditation. And I took a yoga teacher training course and I started to kind of go, okay, I think there's something here. And I took a yoga course. I was studying with this guy, John Friend who taught Anusara yoga and he was teaching about how to put heart into what you do. And I felt like this was such an answer. And I was in this class with him. It was a workshop for teachers. And we were downward facing dog. And if somebody doesn't know what downward facing dog, hands on the floor, body's like an inverted V. And this one assistant kept coming over to me and retracting my shoulder blade and retracting my shoulder blade. And he literally came to me like 10 times hmm. and I plopped down on my mat and I was like, what, what? I am a fitness professional. I, I know how to retract my shoulder blade. It's not that hard retracting my shoulder. What is the problem? Literally like that, like, mm. and I had this memory. I just like, again, went back to this memory of being 12 years old in the hospital. I'm in the hospital and I had this life-threatening bone marrow infection in my left arm. And it's about two weeks into the hospital stay. And they tell my parents that the infection is spreading into the heart so fast that they need to do an operation the next day. And if the infection is moving close enough to my heart, they may have to amputate my arm because they didn't know what else to do. So that night, my dad, was my dad. when I was also around 12, 13 years old, took me to something called Civil Mind Control. They still are around now. It was a meditation to go to level, they called, where you can go to a level, a state of mind where you can create change in your life. And he was really into the power of the mind and the power of your words. And it was the night before the surgery and he came to my room and everybody had gone home and he sat by my bed. And remember, I'm one of 11 and having my dad to myself was a magic moment and then have my dad to myself. And he's like telling me a story, which was what he was so good at. It was like I was in my purest joy and and he's sitting next to my bed and he's saying, close your eyes and, you know, pretend that you're sleeping. And now just like he did that for a little bit till I got what's called to level a state of mind where you can influence something on the subconscious level where real change happens. And so he kind of gets me into this meditative state. And then he says, I want you to imagine there's this army of men. And he says, you know, they're all dressed in fatigues and they have picks and they have shovels and they have sticks and they're marching in. Can you see it? And he has me see it and feel, it and he goes, they're marching into the infection and now see them all digging out the infection and they're digging it out and they're putting it in their pails and they're cleaning up the infection. They're hosing it and they're closing it up. Now see them all marching the infection out of your body and putting it back into the earth. Now see them sewing it up and cleaning it up and it's better now. There's nothing wrong. You know, and he probably went through this for about probably a, who knows half an hour or so. Yeah. And the next day the infection was gone. Wow! And this happened when I was about 12. I'm now 30 and I had never realized that my left arm is four inches shorter than my right arm hmm. because of that infection. And so when I couldn't do the downward facing dog because my left arm was shorter than my right. So my shoulder blade would come out of the socket uh-huh. to make the length right.
0: Right. Right.
1: So I needed to put something under my hand so that I could retract my shoulder blade. But what I realized at that moment was, oh my God, like I remembered the power of our subconscious, the power of of how we can influence ourselves and our body through through meditation, through imagination, through visualization, it was so deeply profound that it felt like one of the pieces to the puzzle. And I just was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I ran to my teacher. I'm like, I can't retract my shoulder Like My left arm is shorter. And he's like, no, I really doubt it. You'd have to have had an an injury. I said, I did. I did. And I was so excited because I was getting the information that we are more powerful than we think we are. Mm-hmm. And it's not just what we do physically, right? We're so trying to change the physical, changing what we eat and changing how much we exercise, but we're not changing really our identity. We're trying to, I always say, move furniture on the Titanic, but we're just moving furniture. We're not really changing. We're not really, really changing yeah. on a deep level. It's true. And then the next thing was, I met with uh, Deepak Chopra. I was at an event with Deepak Chopra. He was talking about how you cannot become anything other than your self-concept, your identity. So what you say after the words I am becomes your destiny. So I'm hearing this conversation and he's talking about identity drives behavior. Identity drives behavior. Identity drives behavior. If I believe I can, if that's Like someone, if I believe I'm capable, I can find things out, I can learn, that will inspire that that kind of action. If I believe I struggle and things are always hard for me and I can never achieve my goal, then that's the kind of behavior that's going to, to be inspired from that identity. So then I go and I take a shower, I leave that conversation and I'm like, okay, there's something here. There's something here. There's definitely something here. And I'm in the shower and I'm just thinking about it. And again, it's like, I just have this memory and this vision of myself every single day. I'm so fat. I have to work out. I'm so fat. I have to lose weight. I'm so so fat I need to go on a diet. I'm so fat I need to try harder. I'm so fat I need to work out more. I'm so fat. What I'm gonna be I'm gonna be so fat. I'm gonna gain the weight I'm getting the weight. I'm so fat. This is so hard. I can't do it. So my identity, imagine eight years old, probably even earlier than that. My identity is I am fat. I am fat. This is hard. I struggle. I can't. Like all of my belief about myself was that affirmation. And he was very clear. He says, the way that you shift your self-concept, if you want your life to change, you have to change how you see yourself first. Yeah. You don't just change the actions to hope that then, you know, we all know you don't lose the weight and then obviously then all of a sudden, like feel like a different person, you just lost the weight
0: right? or you gained the
1: weight or whatever, or you made the money or you got the date or you got the job. Yeah. You need to change how you see yourself on a fundamental level. And so I was, I am fat. So no matter how much weight I lost, one, it was always a struggle because that's what I believed. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. And then two, I could never hold it because it was like a magnet that was pulling me back because of my identity. If you have to live true to your identity, you have to change your identity. You have to change what you believe about yourself. And that doesn't happen overnight.
0: Exactly. This is so true. Right? We know this, right? You
1: know this. I know everybody listening. This is not rocket science. It's like, yeah, I remember that. We remember that it's a knowing that we have, but there's a gap between knowing the information of identity drives behavior. And then, okay, well, how do I change my identity? Like there's a gap, like, the information doesn't change us, right? There's information everywhere. You can Google anything. You could Google, how do I create sustainable change in my life? You'll get 20 different answers from amazing teachers, or maybe the same answer from 20 different right. teachers, but information is not lacking. Information is not lacking. We all have information at our fingertips. This is the information time in our lives. You can't get anything faster than information on how to do anything. So it was still a gap for me because I just thought, okay, I'm reading all these books. I have all this information. I have books and journals of quotes and ideas and everything, right? But my life isn't changing. I'm inspired. I'm excited, but I don't have the answer yet. I just have information. And so I go to this Tony Robbins seminar and I am listening to all his tapes at home. And I'm like, there's something here. I know there's something here, but what what is it? And then I get to one of his seminars and we are in the Bahamas. I think it was date with destiny. And we, he's talking about kind of a similar thing that Deepak Chopra was talking about, which is, you know, don't change the action. You have to change your state. If you're depressed, you're going to take a very different action than if you're feeling confident or if you're feeling brave or you're feeling enthusiastic. It is your state that drives your behavior, right? So and, so Anthony Robbins saying your state, and then Deepak Chopra saying your identity, but they're all layering on top of your internal world, right? It's all coming back to this: your spiritual landscape, the part of you that's invisible. And he's saying, okay, here's what you need to do. If you want to make great change in your life, you have to remember to first activate a peak state, right? If I'm going to go and do a talk, I can't just be like low energy and walk on stage and hope I feel better. I have to get myself into an inspired state.
0: Right. Do some jumping jacks.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Anything. I have to speak from what I am teaching. So if I'm teaching about being inspired, I better be inspired because that's what's going to be, make it land, going to give it power. So if I'm teaching about love, I got to be in a state of love. If I'm teaching about how to whatever, make more money, I have to be in a state of confidence, a state of abundance, because that's, what's really being relayed. And so he gave us this formula that says, how do you awaken a peak state? Well, you have to, it's three things. It's what you focus on. What are you focusing on? What you can do or what you can't do? Your language. What language are you using? Are you saying or are you saying I can't? And what's your physiology? How are you breathing? What's your posture? What's your facial expression? And it sounds like all these disjointed things. But when you think of okay, how do I awaken courage? Well, I focus on something that makes me feel courageous. I speak it, or I might affirm it. I am courageous, and then I put my body in the physical um, physiology of what that energy looks like. So. I'm evoking from inside of me, the state that I want to bring up. So I don't lose the weight to try to feel good about myself. I feel good about myself so that that it inspires the actions that leads me to the goal. So instead of do, be, have, which is what we all do, right? I'm going to, I don't like how I look so that I'm going to do this diet so that I can have the body so that I can be happy. Yeah. But we have to reverse that. I have to awaken a state of self-love. I have to awaken a state of acceptance. I have to awaken a state of confidence, independent of my circumstances. And I got to highlight something here. This is the gift of being human. We are the only beings. We are only the species that can think independently of our circumstances. This is the golden ticket. This is the golden ticket. Master ticket because everything in our life right now is an extension of what we've been thinking and yes. what we've been believing. Everything. So we, these are the seeds, our thoughts, our beliefs, our states are the seeds of what happens tomorrow. So we can't keep looking at what is and praying for it to be different. We have to create the new vision in our mind. We have to awaken what the feeling is that that goal we think is going to give us. So if we think that earning more money or having the better body or finding the relationship is going to make us love ourselves more, then the real job is how do I love myself independently of having that relationship or the weight on the scale or the lover in my life? And that's the trick.
0: Literally the opposite of great body, great life. Literally the polar opposite.
1: Literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: So how did you, once you learned all this, how did you like go back into the world?
1: Well, here's the point. Then there's the clincher, right? So it's bubbling. I can feel it. I'm like, I'm like, like a pot that's really like about to start boiling. I can feel, I know it's here. I'm like, okay, I know I'm so close. I'm so close.
0: I feel it now. I feel you bubbling now.
1: (laughs) Right? Well, so the next thing he's like, talks about incantations and he says, incantations are not just affirmations, incantations, awaken a state, they require you your whole body. You have to put your body. And he says, and if you don't do incantations every day, you are not doing my work. Incantations are the foundation of all the success I've had in my life. And he's talking about being in the car as he drives to go give the speech and he's doing incantations all along the way.
0: What's an incantation? I don't even know what that is.
1: An incantation. Good idea. Good question. Thank you. (laughs) So he says an incantation is different than an affirmation. An affirmation might be something like, okay, I'm going to say, I am strong. I'm better every day and every way, 10 times in the morning, 10 times at night. And you're looking at your watch and you're like, I'm better every day and every way. I'm better every day and better every day. Mm-hmm. But there's no feeling. There's no, there's no emotion. It's just words. He says, that's an affirmation. An incantation is when you add feeling and physiology, you put your Body into motion to awaken a feeling. So now you integrate it. it. Now it's in your cells. Now it's in your nervous system. Now you are actually being courageous, not thinking about courageous.
0: Hmm.
1: So we're he's talking about incantations, right? And I'm like, damn, we're close. And so we're walking on the beach. There's hundreds of us, and we're all marching on the beach, and we're all marching and chanting this incantation all I need is within me now. All I need is within me now. All I need. And then I go, boom, like dead on the sand, stop and go, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. This is it. Holy shit. This is it. And I'm like laughing and I'm crying. I'm like, that's it. I'm going to take my fitness, my expertise in fitness, and I'm going to merge it with this work that changes identity and changes your state it teaches us how to think independently of our circumstances how to get spiritually fit. We're using our body to enhance our consciousness, not the other way around. Instead of using the body to make us feel better. Now we're using the body to awaken the state. So we're thinking independently of our circumstances, we're using the power of our own words as the medicine to our ears to break the spell. The spell can only be broken by our own words. Somebody could tell you you're beautiful. You're worth it. I love you that won't break the spell. There's nobody that can break the spell, but you, and you're the only one has the key. And it is your own words, right? You have to use your own voice. You have to turn up the power of your own love of your own, independent of your circumstances, independent of your past, independent of your weight. Independent of your bank account, independent of your failures, independent of your education, independent of your upbringing or your parents or whatever happened in your life. There's one force that's stronger than any circumstance, and that is the power of your own thinking.
0: Coupled with movement. Coupled with movement because you're awakening
1: the state, the energy, the feeling. It has to be with emotion. The emotion is the secret sauce because when you're talking about something like affirmations, right? Or prayer or anything that's a spiritual awakening, there has to be emotion with it.
0: Yeah. So whether
1: you're actually doing intensati, right? So intensity, So I said, that's it. I have to create this program because here's the other piece. Information doesn't change anybody. Yeah. Nobody.
0: It's so true.
1: Nobody learns to swim by reading a book. Nobody learns <laughs> to swim by reading a book. There you go. That's you've true. got to get in the pool yes. and you've got to do it every day and it's got to become you. You have to change on a physical level and there's only one way to do it. That is practice. You must rewrite your destiny from the inside out. Well,
0: this is the whole, I mean, when you realized the recipe was broken, this is the new recipe that you found. And and I'm curious how you started cooking up this recipe in the world. I mean, having as much experience in the fitness industry as you did and knowing as much about it as you know, like how do you coexist with it right now peacefully? Like like how, when you see the commercials, when you see the messaging, how do you handle that?
1: Well- You know, they always say, if you want to change something, you got to go right in and be part of that industry, right? Mm -hmm. You can't change it from the outside. You can only change from the inside. You got to be a part of it. You got to know it. You got to see where there's a, a gap. And, you know, I can't change the whole industry, but I can create a lane where if people don't want that anymore. They want a more evolved version. They they want to break the spell. They don't want to reinforce the spell by going into a gym and someone saying, get bikini body ready to do this exercise and shave two, two inches off your thighs in 30 days. Lies, 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 and BS.
0: <laughs> lies, 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 and BS. <laughs> yeah, because
1: it's just, you know, you're going to be happy when you get the weight off, blah, 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 blah. It's a lie. So, We got to really just, my goal was then to create a lane within the fitness industry that would be an option, right? Mm. That's it. I just needed to create an option and to be a voice that would help people wake up if they want to wake up, break the spell if they want to break the spell and to really make this something that could help people see that there is another way.
0: Totally. I love that. That's really cool. So you're raising two daughters. I can't imagine what kind of tools you're giving them and belief systems. I mean, contrasting to your upbringing, where your mom was taking you to all these diet people and instilling in you this fear of being overweight, how are you teaching your daughters about self-love?
1: Yeah, I have actually three daughters. Three daughters? Have
0: twins that are oh, my three God. Daughters. That's a lot of daughters. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's a lot of daughters. So how are you like,
1: it's really scary. And I really have to, my mantra is the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. That's the best I can do. And that I can just, I have to keep healing myself. I have to keep healing my relationship with my body, my relationship to food and really pray that just like we all learn that I can be that demonstration. And then we don't do fat talk. We don't talk about people's bodies. Fat talk is something, if you do fat talk, like notice how often you do fat talk. Oh my gosh, you look so good. You lost weight. Oh my gosh, i gained weight. Yeah, me too. Let's go on a diet. Oh, I need to go to the gym. My thighs are so fat. Yeah. Fat talk is anytime you're talking about your body or somebody else's body or somebody's like walking into a party. Oh my gosh, you look so beautiful. Or your body looks so bad or good, whatever that is. Notice how often you do that. Yeah. Try to eliminate that Try as your way to relate to your friends, Wait to, even when you go to a gym, don't talk about oh your weight. Talk yes. about your energy. Talk yes. about what you're doing. Talk about how you're getting stronger. Talk about how you're more capable. Talk about how proud you are that you've been here now three times this week when your goal was only two. Like, talk about That. That's powerful. That so, powerful. the conversation in the house is really, we gear it towards that. And we really focus on what the body's capable of. You know, they do a lot of gymnastic, karate. They're living my best life. <laughs> totally. All the things I wish I'd got to grow oh. up doing. And we kind of just take it one day at a time because you can't shield them from it. It's happening, it happens on social media. It's going going to happen with their friends. They want to look a certain way. And it's got to be building resilience. That feeling of like, no matter what, we always can bounce back from difficult situations and giving them tools. Like I meditate in the morning and at night and, you know, I just teach them to do a little bit with me and we have a strong spiritual practice. We, we connect to the part of us that is more than the body.
0: That's and
1: awesome. I think that's really, really important. I think it's we have to realize that the body is the least interesting part of us. Oh. It really is. We we need energy, we need health, we need vitality and to really my new mantra is energy. Energy. Yeah. Energy. What can I do today that will give me the best? Back- energy because that's a commodity and that's something that we need. And that's something that will drive, give us the fuel to fulfill our dreams and our goals and to do more and be more than just beautiful. Yes,
0: You got to
1: be more, care to be more than beautiful enough already. So what about your body? Like healthy, strong, capable, but let's get past that already.
0: Yes. it's. I mean, energy is the number one driving force behind me promoting the eating of plants. It's not anything more than eating healthier. Moving your body gives you energy to go do the shit in your life you'll want to go do.
1: Oh my God. So true. Yes.
0: And on that topic, you know what I
1: started doing that's rocking my world is because I'm plant-based too, but had so many issues like adrenal fatigue and brain fog. Like I had a couple of years really dealing with health stuff. And even though I've been plant-based for a couple of years, this one thing has, and it's only been about two weeks, a hat is blowing my mind. And that is starting the day with 16 ounces of celery juice.
0: Oh, everyone's talking about celery juice. What has it done for you? It's just changed you.
1: Like I'm telling you one week, no brain fog. And if anybody knows what brain fog is, it's just like, you feel like there's a weight on your head. Like you can't yeah. nap it away. I was like, I need a nap. I need a nap. I need a nap. And like drinking too much coffee, trying to like get myself up and my joints are hurting less. I swear, I can't even believe the difference of 16 ounces of celery juice on an empty stomach in the morning. And I'm so excited because it's only been a week. I'm so excited to see what's going to happen as I start to implement this more. So so if anybody's listening and you're, Do it. Do it. Do it. Like totally do it.
0: All right. Well, on that note, I was gonna ask you what your favorite plants to eat is, but I suppose celery juice and celery is that right now for you. (laughs) What would you say and avocados? Oh, okay. What do you do with avocados?
1: Everything. Everything. (laughs) From eat it just out to put it on every salad and in my smoothies. I'm just I'm avocado queen over here.
0: That's awesome. What is your favorite Flanty restaurant?
1: Oh, what is it? You know, I I never go out ever really? to eat. We go out about once every few months.
0: Oh my God. That's impressive.
1: It is impressive. I don't know. I mean, with three kids, they can't sit in a restaurant. And so I cook, I literally can't even name a wow. restaurant.
0: That's impressive. Okay. What's your favorite, like, dinner, like fancy pants dinner you're making for the fam?
1: Um, I'm so lame. I can't even make a fancy pants, but I like, <laughs> what do I make? I, I make a stir fry or a soup. It's so lame. I have nothing great in this area. <laughs> Fine. What are My kids name? eat pasta, 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 pasta. If I can squeeze some broccoli and cauliflower into mm. them, I call it. That a great day. I'd
0: say that's a great day. <laughs> Is there a book? I mean, you've listed so many humans, Tony Robbins, Deepak Chopra. Is there a book that you'd recommend that has really inspired you in some amazing way?
1: Yeah, you know, I always say the book that kind of gave me a lot of confidence that I was on the right track was a book called Power versus Force. And if you are into what I'm talking about at all, read this book is David Hawkins. It's not a super easy read, but it's really talks about. So many things I, we could do a whole nother podcast just on the conversations from that book, but mainly here's the nugget is most of us live in this pride shame loop. I have shame about my body. So I lose some weight. So then I have pride, but then I gain some weight and I go back to shame. So this pride shame loop. Right. So it's destructive. It's not constructive at all. But the thing that breaks you out of the pride shame loop and puts you into a consciousness of mind that actually promotes progress on every area of your life is the simple thing of doing an act of courage. When you do an act of courage, so the act of courage might be giving up dieting and taking on plant based um eating so that you can just be real, right? So an act of courage takes you to a level of consciousness where now everything starts moving in a progressive way. Uh, It's kind of brought it down to one tiny nugget, but it's really impressive on how our thoughts affect our uh, level of consciousness and how we can change it.
0: Amazing. I mean, that's you. You, I mean, this has been the most empowerful, empowerful, is that even a word? Empowering, powerful conversation. I am woke. You are woke. I am lit up. Where can people go to stay connected to you and and do your workouts and just get this in their life on a regular basis from you?
1: Well, I do this thing called Sati 365. So Sati means mindfulness. Sati 365, the new group starts in January and it is 365 days of this practice. So it's a morning practice where you train your mind, you visualize, you start sowing the seeds of the life that you really want to lead. And then you're coached by me once a week on a group call. And then you have an accountability coach and you're in a small group group with people who have similar goals and you are, you have accountability person that helps you get through the rough spots. And that's like the gold standard work where you have 365 days to really create transformation and change. That's a great thing to, to hop into if you're up for that. And then otherwise you can teach Intensati. So you can do leadership training and do Intensati and learn to teach it. You can get workouts on my website, patricianmarendo.com. There's a Seven workouts called Love and Action that goes through awakening chakras so that you can experience self-love. That's super, super powerful. If you want to do the workout, you're like, just give me the workout and I want to start today. Go do love and action from there. And then I do um live streams every day on on Facebook and Instagram at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you need a pep talk, if you just like need some daily juice and you're like, God, please just help me change my mindset today. That's a great way to get to know me better and to see if what I teach uh,
0: vibes with you. That's so cool. You do a daily live stream every day. That's amazing. That's so interesting. I've never heard of anyone well, doing Monday that. Well, Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday. That's it. Well, that's fine. That's every day. Yeah. You know,
1: <laughs> I feel like everybody needs this information and, and there's people that can't pay for it. And I think there must be access to this information to people everywhere. Uh, that to me is a must. So that's my seva. That's my service. That's awesome. and, then, and then if you want to go another level and you want to go deep with me, if you vibe with my style, if you like what I have to offer and you want to invest, then there's plenty of ways for you to invest with that. But I feel like everybody should have this information.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing this information with us today. This was incredible and I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. I really appreciate you and what you're doing. I love what you're doing. And I'm so excited to be a part of your community now with this podcast. So thank you. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the Party in My Plants podcast. Told you you'd be lit up from this chat. I bet you're woke AF. I actually recorded this chat right after I woke up, and I'll tell you, I was woke on many levels after our interview. Patricia's the real deal. Mega passionate. Super intense. Sati. Sati, by the way, is a Buddhist scripture word meaning mindfulness. Mindfulness. Also, by the way, if you're curious about her Sati 365 program or anything else Patricia's up to, you can find more info at the show notes at partyandmyplants.com slash 120. And also, also, by the way, I wouldn't mind even in the slightest if you took 65 seconds to leave a review of my podcast in iTunes if you dig it. Thank you. Thank you.